0: What is up everybody it's JT Sports and match you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast on this episode of the JT Sports Podcast we're going to continue to preview um the week one matchups in the NFL this week we're going to be previewing the Cleveland Browns taking on the Baltimore Ravens the Las Vegas Raiders facing the Carolina Panthers on the road in Carolina the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Atlanta Falcons the Chargers taking on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals and the game of the week The Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New Orleans Saints on the road in New Orleans. So make sure that if you guys haven't already, that you guys go ahead and give this podcast a five-star review. Doesn't matter if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify. Go ahead, give this podcast a five-star review. Make sure that you guys share with your friends, family, acquaintances, your co-workers. Also make sure to go ahead and follow me on social media. My Instagram and Twitter is both jt sports underscore. And if you haven't already, go ahead. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports on YouTube. So, the Cleveland Browns are going on the road to face the Baltimore Ravens. And the last time these two teams played in the two games that they played last season, they split the season series. The Browns won the first game when Nick Chubb went absolutely crazy on the Ravens' defense. And the Ravens got the better of the Cleveland Browns in the second matchup. And... What I'm looking for out of Cleveland Browns, I want to see, are they going to be able to have more success stop the run this year than what they had last season when it came to facing the Baltimore Ravens? Because when you look at this Browns team, something that really concerns me is his linebacker position. Now, the linebacker position was already a big concern heading into training camp. Now, it's an even bigger concern now going into week one against the Ravens because they lost their best linebacker in Mac Wilson. They already lost Joe Schubert in free agency. So, linebacker is a really big hole. And Mac Wilson is supposed to return in a couple of weeks, but he's not going to be able to play in this game. So linebacker is a big concern and a big question mark for the Browns going into this game. And I think that that's something that the Boston Ravens are going to be able to exploit because anytime that you have a team that's so good at running the football like the Ravens, you got to be able to have not only a solid defensive line, but you also got to have a good group of linebackers as well. And when you look at Baltimore, they already had the best rushing attack in the NFL last season, now they have an even better rushing attack going into this season because not only do you have to worry about Lamar Jackson's ability to run the football, but you only you also got to worry about Mark Ingram, and you also got to worry about J.K. Dobbins as well. So, I mean, you're facing a Ravens rushing attack that pretty much is a better running team than what they were last season. So, if you're Cleveland, you're going to have your hands full of trying to stop this run game because if you want to be the Baltimore Ravens, it all starts with your ability to stop this rushing attack of the Baltimore Ravens. Now, one positive that the Browns have on defense is the fact that Miles Garrett will be playing in this game. Miles Garrett didn't play in the last matchup that the Cleveland Browns ended up losing to the Ravens. So if him coming back, I think that's going to help the Cleveland Browns ability to stop this Ravens offense because Miles Garrett was on his way to becoming a defensive player of the year last year before he ended up getting suspended for knocking Mason Rudolph upside the head with the helmet so Miles Garrett coming back is going to have a big impact on this Ravens offense in terms of what they're going to be able to do because Miles Garrett when you have a player who's just so good and so dominant you kind of have to game plan to find ways to kind of avoid him so if you're the Ravens how are you going to game plan for Miles Garrett because you're obviously not going to be able to stop him the only way the Ravens can possibly be able to you you no know, limited impact that Miles Garrett has in this game. It's just not running towards his side. So for the Ravens on offense, which one of these wide receivers are going to be able to step up? So, aside from Marquise Hollywood-Brown, you got Miles Borkin, you got Devin DuVernay. So, you got a lot of young, unproven wide receivers on this roster. You're going to be facing a cornerback 10-4, the Cleveland Browns, that I think should be pretty good this year. We already know what Denzel Ward is able to do when he's able to stay fully healthy. Now, Greedy Williams on the other side, he had a pretty up and down rookie season his rookie season was pretty underwhelming for the most part so what is he going to be able to do in this game also the safety position for the Cleveland Browns now the Cleveland Browns have a good group of safeties in my opinion nothing phenomenal but I think it's pretty solid so I mean I want to see what this Ravens offense is going to do against this Cleveland Browns secondary in this game now when it when we talk about the Browns offense how much of the offense are the Cleveland Browns going to have down-packed and mastered and learned going into this game? Because when you have a new coaching staff and you're implementing a new system with this offseason, this has been a pretty weird offseason. So it's one thing to, you know, learn and study the playbook and watch film, but it's another thing to go on the field and actually execute the plays. When we look at the Cleveland Browns, they've only had like three to four weeks to you know, go on the field and learn the offense and go and execute the play. So I want to see how much of this offense that the Cleveland Browns are actually going to have down packed heading into week one against the Baltimore Ravens. Now you look at this wide receiving core for the Cleveland Browns and you look at the secondary for the Baltimore Ravens. So you got Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, which probably is the best wide receiver duo in the NFL versus Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, who were rightfully, in their all right, one of the best, cornerback tenders in the NFL last season. So which position is going to come on top? Are the cornerbacks for Baltimore Ravens going to be able to come on top in this game? Are the Cleveland Browns wide receivers with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beck going to come on top? Another interesting wrinkle in this offense is how heavily the cooler Browns going to rely on the running game because you got Kareem Hunt and you got Nick Chubb this year. So you got two good halfbacks. You also have a tight end position that's also really good as well with David Njoku and Austin Hooper there. So for the Cleveland Browns, their identity is pretty much going to be running the football as well. And for the Cleveland Browns, the big reason why they were able to beat the Ravens last year was because they were able to run the football. They had a lot of success with Nick Chubb in that game. And the reason why they lost that game and the last game that they played against the Ravens last year was because they weren't able to run the football. So if Cleveland wants to be able to win this game, they got to be able to run the football. Now, Baker may, Mayfield is coming off a sophomore slump, so he's looking to have something to prove. But Baker Mayfield was at his best when he's able to, you know, throw the ball and play action situations. So this Browns offense with Kev Stefanski really isn't nothing really innovative. It's really just running the football, playing mouth mouth football. So. You look at this Ravens defensive line, this Ravens defensive line was already pretty good last year. Now it's even better with the addition of Calais Campbell, who not only is really good at getting after the quarterback, but he's one of the best run defenders in the NFL. So for the Cleveland Browns, if they can't get this run game going, then that's going to kind of put them at a disadvantage because then they're going to have to throw the football to win, which they are more than capable of winning this game, throwing the football. But it's just that when you have a guy like Kevin Stefanski, his identity is running the football. So anytime you got, you got a team like, Cleveland Browns that has to play against their strength which is you know running the football if they can't have a lot of success running the football then you're going to kind of play into Baltimore's hands playing against that really good secondary so I mean Cleveland if they do have to win this game throwing the football they do have the talent to do that but I mean their identity is running the football and when you're a team like the Cleveland Browns and you don't really know the playbook all that much, I think a really good benefit is, you know, your ability to run the football because you don't really need to know all that much when it comes to running the football. Now, the offensive linemen need to know when to pull in certain situations and who they need to take on and things like that, of course, and who they got to double team to get into that next level. But ultimately, in a situation like this, I would feel a little bit more comfortable with the Cleveland Browns running the football than I would having them, you know, have to try to win this game and throwing the ball 30, nearly 40 times. So... I'm going to take the Ravens to win this matchup here. And the reason why I'm going to take the Ravens to win this matchup is because I don't think the Cleveland Browns are going to know a lot of the playbook in time come week one. I know they're going to know a pretty good amount of the playbook. Don't get me wrong. you know I don't think the Browns aren't going to know anything at all. But the fact that they've had... So limited of amount of time to prep and practice, I don't really know how good this offense is going to kind of be like I think the chemistry may be a little bit off the you know, the play calling may be a little bit off because you know, if you're Kevin Stefanski and you're the offensive coordinator, you're calling plays for the Browns, you got to be able to call a place that the players actually know. So you can't really call just anything. You got to pretty much have like a limited amount of players that you can actually call because you don't really know how much of the playbook these players know. So I'm going to take the Ravens to win this game. I think the Ravens win this game 31 to 20 is my final score prediction for this game. I think that the Ravens deeps the line. Although the Browns have improved their offensive the line, I think that this defensive line is pretty much going to be able to stop the run game. And I think they're going to key in on the run because I think they're going to understand that Cleveland doesn't really know all that much of the playbook. So I think that Cleveland, if they want to win this game, they're going to have to be able to, you know, kind of do some damage throughout the air. And it's much harder to learn the passing arm um, concepts and learning the passing plays than it is to learn the running plays. Just from my experience playing football, for me personally, it was always a lot easier learning the running plays because really it all comes down to the off the line knowing who to block, who to double team, and when they got a pull and their assignments. But when it comes to learning, you know, the playbook, when it comes to the passing plays, that's a little bit more difficult. Also, the Browns with the short training camp, I don't really know how much chemistry and how much timing the Cleveland Browns are really going to have between Baker Mayfield and these wide receivers. So I'm going to take the Ravens to win this game. I think they win this game 31 to 20. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to be traveling on the road to face the Carolina Panthers. Now, this game is really intriguing, and what makes this game so intriguing are the defenses. Both these two teams have really young defenses, especially the Carolina Panthers. It is reported out there that, reportedly, the Carolina Panthers could start four rookies in this game versus the Raiders. Now, we already know that Derrick Brown and Gross Matus are most likely going to end up starting, but safety... Jeremy Chan and rookie Troy Pryor Jr. are also um, predicted to start in this game as well for the Carolina Panthers. So for the Carolina Panthers, they're going to be starting four rookies. And when you start four rookies, a lot of the teams, or at least good teams or good offensive coordinators, like to attack those young rookies and try to see what they're made of and how good they really are really early on. And when you're starting so many rookies, you can't really expect the highest level of plays. So, like, you always got to expect some inconsistency there. And for this Carolina Panthers defense, this Carolina Panthers defense, I don't really think is going to be all that great this season because you just lost so much. I mean, you lost James Bradbury. You lost Luke Keekly. So, I mean, you lost a lot this offseason. So, for the Carolina Panthers with them drafting so many players and this past year's NFL draft on the defense side of the football, I'm expecting to see where these guys are going to be at in terms of their development. Because it's like, you can't expect, you know, all of these rookies to come out here and just be like all world players because, you know, at most, at least two out of four of these guys are going to be good right off the bat. And the other two, they might struggle a little bit. So when you start rookies for the Carolina Panthers case on defense, you can't expect all four of these guys to come out and, you know, just play at the all-pro or pro-bowl caliber level. Like, you got to expect some little bit of some inconsistent play here and there. Now, I really like Jeremy Chen a lot because Jeremy Chen has a lot of versatility there. I also like Derrick Brown as well. So, I mean, the Carolina Panthers are going to be starting um four rookies potentially in this game that's the rumor that's going around and for the las vegas raiders they don't really have like a lot of rookies starting in this game but they have a lot of second year guys that's going to be playing this game now max crosby will play in this game he has just came off of the COVID 19 um injury reserve list or whatever it's called a couple of weeks ago so he's going to be ready to go a couple of raiders fans have some questions there that they were asking me is max crosby going to play in this game max crosby is will play in this game. So you also got Max Crosby, who had 10 sacks last season as a rookie. You also got Cleveland Farrell, who wasn't that bad neither as a rookie as well. You got Malik Carles, you got Jonathan Hankins. So the Las Vegas Raiders' defense line is pretty good up front. And they're really good when it comes to stopping the run. They they had a pretty good run defense last year, if I'm not mistaken. Now the cornerback position is really interesting because you got Trayvon Mullen, who was a rookie last season. He was pretty much their best corner that they had last year. Damon Arnett, I am expecting Damon Arnett to play in this game. Don't really know if he's going to start or not, but I do figure that we will see a little bit of Damon Arnett there, the rookie out of the Ohio State University. you got safety, Jonathan Abram. Now, I'm really excited to see Jonathan Abram play because last season – he had his rookie season cut short. Like, I only think that he only played, like, one game. Then after that, he ended up getting injured and missing the rest of the season. And John Gruden and this Raiders coaching staff was really in love with Jonathan Abram last season. So I want to see what he brings. Now, these two teams on the offensive side of the football, I think they're going to light it up in this game. I think that we're going to see a lot of scoring from both of these two teams. Now, I want to talk about the Carolina Panthers because I think that a lot of people are sleeping on the Carolina Panthers offense. And a big reason why is because, you know, the offensive the line is a little bit rough. But – A big reason why people are sleeping on this Carolina Panthers offense is because of the quarterback, because of Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of people have the narrative that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's just a check down Charlie, and he may not be the long-term answer for the Carolina Panthers at quarterback. He may not be, but I do think that Teddy Bridgewater could have a really solid season for the Carolina Panthers. I think that Teddy Bridgewater could be a lot better than what a lot of people are giving him credit for because a lot of people have this thing that, you know, he doesn't take shots deep and things like that. But when you look at this offense and with Joe Brady being the offensive coordinator this was the guy who was the um the guru behind this lsu offense last season when they went to the national championship with joe burrow I see a lot of similarities in Teddy Bridgewater with Joe Burrow. Now, I'm not saying that they are the exact same players. I'm just saying that they have kind of similar characteristics. They both don't really have really strong arms, but they're both really smart decision makers with the football, and they're both really accurate. And in this Joe Brady system, it's not all about throwing the football all over the field. It's more about route combinations and wide receivers being able to do damage with the ball in their hands. And when you look at this Carolina Panthers wide receiving core, I mean, this is a perfect team that is suited to Teddy Bridgewater's skill set because, you know, with Curtis Samuel, you also have to worry about DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Like, with the wide receivers that the Carolina Panthers have on this team, you know, they can take, like, a five-yard check down from Teddy Bridgewater a five-yard slant, and they can turn that five-yard check down like, a 60-, 70-yard touchdown pass with how good they are with the ball in their hands. You also got to talk about Robbie Anderson. Like, although Teddy Bridgewater doesn't take a lot of shots deep, he still can throw the deep ball Pretty efficiently. You know, he he's more he's more of a quarterback that he chooses his spots, he chooses when to throw the football deep. So for the Las Vegas Raiders, the fact that you have Robbie Anderson on the field, you got to account for that speed. Like you just can't completely, you know, play for the short pass to try to stop the check downs. Like, no, with Robbie Anderson on the field with his speed, you have to account for that. So for this Las Vegas Raiders secondary, I think that they could have a little bit of some troubles. With this Carolina Panthers passing attack, you also got to talk about Christian McCaffrey as well. What he's able to do catching the ball out the backfield and also what he brings to the running back position. So, I mean, this Carolina Panthers offense could bring this Las Vegas Raiders defense a lot of trouble. If they're not able to stop and they're not able to, you know, stop the underneath routes and they're not able to tackle properly. So if you're a Raiders fan, you know, I know it's easy to think that this may be a winnable game but in all honesty this is a game that the Panthers have a really good chance of winning because I think that a lot of people are really sleeping on this Carolina Panthers offense now for the Las Vegas Raiders and they're all right they have a doggone good offense I mean Josh Jacobs is expected to have a larger role this season and he was already coming off a really good rookie season so I mean Josh Jacobs is going to have a little bit more of a bigger role in his offense because he wasn't really all that utilized much in the passing game so I think the Raiders are going to utilize him a good amount when it comes to catching passes at the backfield then they also have a pretty good off the line as well which is something that they're going to need because you're going to be facing brian burns who was pretty good last season then you also got a pretty good um young wide receiver crop. I mean, you got Henry Ruggs, who they took in this past year's NFL draft. He was the first pick in the first round. You also got Brian Edwards, the rookie out of South Carolina. We could see a good amount of him because he was making a lot of noise throughout the training camp for the Las Vegas Raiders. You also got Hunter Renfro, which Hunter Renfro is a guy who, I don't think he's all that you know explosive, but he is really good when it comes to moving the chains on third downs. Then you got Darren Waller, who was one of the biggest surprises in the NFL last season for the Las Vegas Raiders. So I mean, the Las Vegas Raiders have a lot of weapons and they're going to be facing a Carolina Panthers secondary that is not that great pretty much the best defensive back that the Carolina Panthers have is um Dante Action Jackson so I mean I think this is going to be a pretty high scoring affair for both these two teams I think this game could go either way and in all honesty you know I think that the Las Vegas Raiders with the way that they're built on the offense, with how good the offensive line is, I think they have a little bit of the advantage in this game offensively because uh, Carolina Panthers and the Raiders are pretty evenly matched offensively. You know, that may sound a little bit crazy to say, but the Carolina Panthers do have a lot of talent. But the thing that the Carolina Panthers don't have that the Raiders do have in their advantage on the offensive side of football is the off the line. The Raiders had a really solid off the line last year versus the Carolina Panthers. We don't really know how their off the line is going to be. So I'm going to have to take the Las Vegas Raiders to win this game. And the reason I want to take the Las Vegas Raiders to win this game is because, like, with the Carolina Panthers, with the youth and the inexperience that they have at the secondary, um, I think the Raiders are pretty much going to be able to attack that. And I think that the Raiders' defense should be able to get some stops in this game. I don't think that the Raiders are going to be able to just, you know, just allow Carolina to score every single possession. I do think that the Raiders are going to be able to get more stops defensively than what the Carolina Panthers are going to be able to do defensively because the Raiders are more approved on the defense side of the football than what they were last season compared to the Carolina Panthers, who are significantly worse compared to last season on defense. So I don't really expect all that much out of this Carolina Panthers' defense. So I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders to win this game. I think this game could be pretty high scoring. I want to say the Las Vegas win the Las Vegas Raiders win this game 38 to 27 or 24. I think I'm gonna take 27 to be realistic because I think Carolina could, you know, score 27 points. But I think the Raiders win this game. 38 to 27 is my final score prediction for this game. And I think that the Carolina Panthers have a good chance winning this game also but just the fact that you know they have a lot of inexperience in that secondary this defense doesn't really have a lot of talent on it just a lot of youth so i mean i think the raiders defense could be able to get a couple of stops in this game more than the carolina panthers defense being able to get some stops so i want to take the las vegas raiders to win this game 38 to 27 is my final score prediction for this game the seattle seahawks Or traveling on the road to face the Atlanta Falcons. And this game is always really entertaining to watch between these two teams because they normally put up a good amount of points. And last year, these were two of the best offenses in the NFL, in my opinion. Now, when you look at Atlanta, one thing about the Atlanta Falcons, we don't really have to question how good their offense is going to be in this game because we already know that this is the Atlanta Falcons' offense. You know, they put up points left and right. They can easily drop 40 on you without a blink of an eye. But the question is going to be how good is the defense going to be? Now, the defense made a lot of changes. And I want to see how much are those changes going to, you know, kind of come into play in this game, because you're facing the Seattle Seahawks. This is a really good team. A lot of people consider the Seattle Seahawks a Super Bowl contending team. So when you look at the Atlanta Falcons, this defense, you know, the thing with the Atlanta Falcons is that they have a lot of talent. It's just all about can they stay healthy in this game? And for this secondary, you got cornerback, you got rookie AJ Terrell, you got Isaiah Oliver, Kendall Sheffield, as your corners, you got safeties. Um, Keanu Neal, who's pretty solid when he's able to stay on the field and he's able to stay healthy. His season got cut short last year. And I mean, on the defensive line, I mean, this defensive line is pretty talented as well. You got McKinley, you got Dante Fowler, you got defensive tackle Grady Jarrett, you got linebacker Deion Jones. So, I mean, Atlanta Falcons have a lot of talent on defense. Just that can they stay healthy. And in this game versus the Seattle Seahawks, you're going to be matched up against a really good Um, offense. Well, we already know what Russell Wilson does at the quarterback position. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's basically Houdini back there. And you got DK Metcalf, who is a physical freak of nature. You also have, um, Tyler Lockett. Now, they also got a really good group of tight ends as well, which is when you talk about the Seattle Seahawks, a lot of people don't talk about this enough All the depth and all the talent that they have at this tight end position. I mean, you got Greg Olsen, you got Hollister there. You got a lot of talent there. So, if you're Atlanta, how do you slow down the Seattle Seahawks offense? And that's simple. You be able to get pressure on Russell Wilson. Because the Seattle Seahawks, although they are really great, and they are a potential Super Bowl favorite, they do have the same flaw and the same question marks that has been surrounding the Seattle Seahawks team for the last three, four seasons, and that is the offensive line. And in this game, we're going to see how improved this offensive line for Seattle actually is because Seattle Seahawks fans have been saying this for like the last three seasons, that, oh, the offensive line's going to be great. The offensive line's going to be great. And we come out and we see the offensive line still not be great. So, I mean... This is going to be one of the biggest question marks that we're going to see answered fairly quickly because Atlanta has a really good defensive line, especially with the addition of Dante Fowler. So Seattle, we're going to see just how good this offensive line really is. We want to see if Seattle Seahawks fans are actually true in their statements about this offensive line being good. Or we're just going to see if Seattle fans are just overhopping this offensive line like they do all offseason, which, you know, that's expected because every fan believes that their team's a Super Bowl contender. And every fan has a lot of confidence in their team. So we're going to see just how good this offensive line for Seattle is as well. And also Atlanta's offensive line kind of had some issues last year. I feel like Atlanta's offensive line was like it. If they were able to stay healthy, you know, they would have been a little bit better. So their off the line has a lot of talent. Like they have like an off the line full of nothing but like first round picks, I believe. So I mean, they got a lot of talent there on the off the line. It's just the fact like, can they just get the chemistry down path? Can they stay healthy? Can they put it all together? And you're looking at Atlanta Falcons off the line that's facing a deep line for Seattle that isn't good. Like that's another concern that I have for Seattle. Like they're not really good in the trenches. Um, They lost to Davion Clowney, who was their best pass rusher last year. And I don't really know who's going to end up stepping up. And who's going to be that guy who ends up giving the Seattle Seahawks a legitimate um, pass rush? Because the Seattle Seahawks, if you want to be able to win a Super Bowl, you got to have a dominant one-on-one pass rush. It doesn't matter if it comes from your outside linebackers who end up rushing off the edge. If it doesn't come from your defensive ends or your defensive tackle, like, you got to have a dominant one-on-one pass rusher if you want to win Super Bowls or if you want to compete in this day and age in the NFL. And the Seattle Seahawks don't really have that. But they do have a really good secondary. This probably could be the best secondary that Seattle has had in a very long time since we saw, you know, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, and Earl Thomas play in their prime. So, I mean, I think that this Seattle Seahawks have a really good um, secondary. You got Shaquille Griffin. Quentin Dunbar should be able to play in this game. Quadre Diggs. You got Jamal Adams as well, who was making a lot of plays throughout training camp for Seattle in the short time that he's been with the team. You also got a really good linebacker position. You got Bobby Wagner, who is now the best linebacker in the NFL. And you got KJ Wright. So, I mean... Hopefully, the secondary is able to be really good because if the Seattle Seahawks have a really good secondary, that's going to help out this defensive line a lot because if you got a secondary that's able to, you know, cover the wide receivers all day long, that's going to give the defensive line, these pass rushes for Seattle, a little bit more time to get pressure on the quarterback. Because let's face it, if Seattle wants to win this game, they're going to have to get pressure on Matt Ryan because as we saw last season, if you give Matt Ryan all day to throw this Atlanta Falcons offense is going to absolutely obliterate you. I mean, this is probably one of the more talented offenses that they have ever put on the field in a very long time. And I mean, the biggest addition to this Falcons offense, I already know they got Calvin you got Julio Jones there, but a big addition is Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, if he's able to stay healthy, he's going to give the Falcons a really good run game. He's going to give the Falcons one of the best um, running games that they've ever had in a very long time since Michael Turner. When Michael Turner was playing in his prime, that's how good I feel Todd Gurley can be if he's able to stay healthy. And Todd Gurley brings a different dynamic to his offense because he's also really good um, catching the ball out of the back for that as well. So, I mean, if Todd Gurley can stay healthy the whole entire season, he just brings a different dynamic to his offense for the Atlanta Falcons. And one thing about the Atlanta Falcons' offense is that at points, they tend to get too one-dimensional, and they can rely too much on the pass. And I mean, they are like a pass-first team, I believe. But I believe with Todd Gurley, if they want to win this game, I think they have to be pretty balanced if they want to be able to win this game. I think they got to have a perfect blend of being able to run the football with Todd Gurley and also being able to throw the football as well because this is a really good secondary that Seattle has. And when you look at Seattle, when you look at their offense, I mean, we already said, they're pretty big, their biggest question mark is the offensive line. But aside from the offensive line, you got DK Metcalf. You got Tyler Lockett. That's one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL. Really underrated. I think a lot of people don't give Tyler Lockett the credit that he deserves when it comes to you know being a really good wide receiver in the NFL. Doesn't really get selected to Pro Bowls or all that much. We don't really talk about him all that often. But Tyler Lockett is really good. And you look at this Atlanta Falcons secondary. You know this secondary is pretty shaky because you you're going to be starting to AJ Terrell, who is pretty much we're supposed we're supposed to believe that. He is their best cornerback that they have on the roster. You got Oliver and Kendall Sheffield; those guys are going to be stepping in as well. And it's pretty shaky because you lost Desmond Trufant, who was their best cornerback last year, who now plays for the Detroit Lions. He signed the Lions of free agency. So, I mean, I think that this Atlanta Falcons secondary is going to be tested in this game. Now, can they get pressure on Russell Wilson? That remains to be decided. So, I'm going to take the. Uh this is really tough man I don't really know who I want to choose to win this game I'm going to go out on a limb I'm going to say that Atlanta goes ahead and they win this game in a upset And I know that may upset a lot of Seattle Seahawks fans, but this game could go either way. But I like Atlanta in this game because I think that they're going to be able to get pressure on Russell Wilson. And I think that this offensive line is, we're really going to see how good this offensive line is. And I don't really think this offensive line is going to do all that well against Atlanta in this game. And I think that Atlanta, I just like what they have on the defensive side of the football. Like everybody's fully healthy week one. And I think that this um seattle seahawks defense can neutralize the seattle seahawks um offense or this atlanta falcons defense excuse me can neutralize this seattle seahawks offense so i mean i this is a game that is really you know tough to decide this game can go either way but i'm going to take atlanta to win this game in an upset i think atlanta wins this game 24 to 20 so you guys let me know who you guys in who you guys have win this game down in the comment section down below and i know this is a really tough game to predict, but I just think that Atlanta could come out and they can pull off the upset week one against the Seattle Seahawks. The Los Angeles Chargers are going on the road to face the Cincinnati Bengals in the first game of the Joe Burrow era in Cincinnati. And this is a really intriguing game. I think this is one of the more underrated games that's going to be on this weekend because you got to look at it like this. Joe Burrow is making his rookie debut against the Los Angeles Chargers and Los Angeles Chargers have one of the best secondaries in the NFL despite the fact that they did lose during James they still have a doggone good secondary I mean they are absolutely loaded at cornerback I mean you got Chris Harris Jr. who they brought in from free agency from the Denver Broncos you got Casey Hayward you got Desmond King you got safeties Rayshon Jenkins and Azira Adley so I mean this um, secondary for the Los Angeles Chargers, although Darren James is not going to be playing this game. He's pretty much out for the season, six to eight months. This is still a really good defense. On top of that, you got Joey Bosa, and Melvin Ingram, who are one of the best, um, pass rushing duos in the NFL. And you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, they got a really tough task ahead of them. Because not only does Joe Burrow have to throw the ball against a really good secondary, But how is this offensive line going to hold up against a team that is really good at getting pressure on the quarterback? And for the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, if you're a Bengals fan, you're just hoping for this offensive line to just be average. Now, you do bring Jonah Williams, who will be making his first NFL start in this game. Because last season, as a rookie, we didn't get to see him play in any NFL games at all because he suffered a season-ending injury in training camp. So he's making his first debut as well. So I want to see how good this off the line for Cincinnati Bang for the Cincinnati Bengals actually is. And this is a really good test. If you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan and you are, you know, have concerns about the off the line, this game is going to determine how far your off the line is and how far away your off the line has to becoming a good off the line in the NFL. And if the Cincinnati Bengals are able to hold their own in this game, at least from an off the line standpoint, if you're a Bengals fan, you gotta feel pretty good about that. So, I mean, we're going to see how good this offensive line is for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, although Joe Burrow does have a tough task ahead of him, facing a really good L.A. Chargers secondary, he has a really good group of wide receivers that he gets to throw the football. So, you got A.J. Green, who without a doubt is going to be playing in this game. You got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. So, I mean, you got a really good group of wide receivers that Joe Burrow is going to have at his disposal. And this is basically going to be a chess match. Who's going to be able to come on top, the wide receivers for Cincinnati or the cornerbacks for the LA Chargers? So let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals defense against this LA Chargers offense. Now, I think that the Cincinnati Bengals have one of the more underrated defense lines in the NFL. I actually believe that they have a top 10 defense line. You got Sam Hubbard. You got Geno Atkins. You bring in G- DJ Reader and free agency, who is one of the best run defenders in the NFL. I mean, you got a lot of talent there at that defensive line. It's a lot of guys I'm not even talking about right now, but that's just a few of the names to look out for in this game. And for the LA Chargers, they also are a team that has had some concerns on the offensive line. Now, although the offensive line is improved, you bring in Brian Bulaga and Friese from Green Bay. um, I think this should be a more improved offensive line. But all in all, they still do have a little bit of holes on this offensive line as well that can be exploited with how good this defensive line for Cincinnati is. We also got to see how good is Mark Williams going to be in this game because Mark Williams has like a shoulder injury that he's going to be working with and playing with in this game. So how effective is he going to be in this game? So for the Chargers, Tyron Taylor is going to be the starting quarterback. Um, Tyron Taylor is a guy who doesn't lose your games, but he doesn't take a lot of shots deep. And a lot of the Chargers fans keep saying that Tyrod Taylor got to learn from Phillip Rivers. He learned to be more aggressive. It, it doesn't really necessarily work like that. You just don't learn to be aggressive. Like, Tyron Taylor, his playing style has pretty much been, you know, take what the defense gives, you don't take a lot of shots deep. So, if that's how Tyrod Taylor has won games, you know, he's not just going to completely change his play style around and just throw the football deep and things like that. Because Tyrod Taylor is a guy who, if you give him talent, he can win games for you. And yes, a lot of time, you got Keenan Allen, you got Hunter Henry at the tight end position who is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. You got Austin Eckler in the backfield. And I think that Austin Eckler could be in for a Christian McCaffrey kind of season because of what he's able to do, not only running the football, but he brings the terms of the passing game. In certain situations, he could be the Chargers' third best option in the passing game in certain formations for the Chargers in this game. And you look at the Cincinnati Bengals' defense, the cornerback position, I mean... It's not great, but it's not bad. I think they could improve there. The secondary is really phenomenal. I like their safeties. Like, the back end of their secondary with Jesse Bates and Von Bell, I love both those two guys. I think they're two of the best young and -and up-and-coming safeties in the NFL, especially Jesse Bates. And, I mean, the linebacker position, don't really know what to expect out of the Cincinnati Bengals linebackers because their linebacker position has been pretty poor for the last couple of seasons. So, I mean, this is going to be a cat-and-mouse game. I think whoever wins this game is going to be the team that's able to take care of the football and the team that's able to score. Because I'm not really expecting a lot of points to be put up in this game because I think both of these defenses are going to be able to neutralize these offenses. Now, if this game ends up being like a 30-point game, then I'll be really surprised. But I think whoever wins this game is going to be pretty moderate. I think, like, I'm not expecting neither one of these teams to score more than 20 points in this matchup. And for the Cincinnati Bengals, A.J. Green's return. This is the first time that we've seen A.J. Green play football since 2018. So where, how good is he going to be? Because he's probably either going to be matched up against Casey Hayward or Chris Harris Jr. So he's also going to be tested as well because he's going to be facing a pretty good, formidable cornerback, whoever he's going to be lined up against. And he's looking to prove that not only is he still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL despite being 32 or 31 years old, but he's going to get a new contract. So, for the Cincinnati Bengals and the L.A. Chargers, it is a lot of interesting factors going into this game. And for the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game, without a doubt, this offensive line has to be able to hold their own. They have to be able to hold their own. They have to be able to stand up to Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, hold those guys off. And I also think that it help Joe Burrow out, I think that the, the um, Bengals are pretty much going to try to run the ball a pretty good bit. To kind of take some of the pressure off of Joe, Burrow because when you have a young rookie quarterback, you don't kind of, and you're facing a great defense like the Los Angeles Chargers, you don't just want to put this game all in his shoulders. Like, you want to be able to, you know, help him out and Joe Mixon is a guy who just recently signed a brand new extension a couple of days ago. And this is a guy who has had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons behind, not so good off-the-line play. So the Chargers want to win this game. I think off the off-the-line and how good are they going to be when it comes to running into the football is going to play a big factor in terms of how are their chances going to be in terms of winning this game. And for the Chargers, my thing is that I fear like the Chargers... With Tyrod Taylor, he is going to have to take some chances downfield. Are the Chargers going to be able to generate enough big plays to win this game? Because at the end of the day, the team who wins this game, in my opinion, is going to be the team who has, you know, the more big plays. Which team is going to have that biggest pop play? That, you know, it's like a 40-yard or 50-yard reception or something like that, or 40-yard, 50-yard run. So, in terms of scoring, I think this game could be a little bit boring to watch, but interesting at the same time. Because this is going to be like a chess match. So, the team I want to take to win this game, I want to take the Los Angeles Chargers to win this game, simply for the fact that I think that the Chargers defense is going to be able to get the best of Joe Burrow in this offense because of how good this defensive line is for the Los Angeles Chargers and the ability to get pressure on the quarterback. And I mean, this is not a this is a really tough outing for any young quarterback. Like, you're a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow. I know you've been really good throughout training camp, but this is training camp, Okay. Now, this is the real thing. You're not facing your teammates. You're facing other teams who want to take your head off. And if you're Joe Burrow, I understand Joe Burrow is going to be a really good quarterback. I'm not doubting that. I just think that he could struggle in this game versus a really good Chargers defense. And I don't really trust his offensive line enough. Now, I know the wide receivers are going to be really good, but you're facing a really good secondary as well. So, in terms of, you know, who's going to win this game, I got to take the Chargers to win this game. I think the Chargers win this game 17 Two fourteen 14 is going to be my final score prediction for this game. Because I'm not spending a lot of points out of neither one of these offense because I think that the Bengals defense should be enough to kind of, you know, hold back this LA Chargers offense, even though this LA Chargers offense Necessarily, this season it's going to be one of the offense that are going to be putting up like a lot of points. So, I think this is going to be a pretty low scoring game. But I got the try to win this game 17 or 14. I just think that their defense and their cornerback position is just so good, they got so much depth there, even though that they don't have during James' plan. It's just a really tough outing to ask Joe Burrow, ask the rookie to come in. And, you know, just have a good game versus a really good defense for the Los Angeles Chargers. And I think that the Chargers offense are going to be able to do just enough to win this game. So I'm going to take the Chargers to win this game. 17-14 to is my final score prediction in this game. Now, I do think that the Chargers, you know, they could lose this game. But ultimately, I think that they have a really good shot of winning this game. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals come on and they pull off the upset there. Because when you got a rookie quarterback, you don't really know what to expect. Afterward, quarterback what he brings to the table, what to expect from the Cincinnati Bengals offense. So, the Bengals do have a pretty good chance of winning this game, but I'm going to side with the Chargers just because their defense and Joe Burrow is going to be matching up against a really tough secondary. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to witness greatness. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be traveling on the road to face the New Orleans Saints. We're about to see two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time about the matchup against each other head-to-head. Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. And let me start off with this. Both of these teams are being highly disrespected because I don't understand for the life of me why this game isn't on Sunday Night Football. This game should be on Sunday Night Football. Instead, they choose to have the Dallas Cowboys facing the Los Angeles Rams. Like, I feel like they should flip the games. I feel like the LA Rams and the Dallas Cowboys to play in this spot, 425 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff on Fox and have the Bay Buccaneers play in that 8 o'clock Sunday game on NBC. Because, listen, we don't get to see matches like this very often. We don't get to see two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time play against each other. And when you look at these two teams, both of these two teams are pretty much evenly matched. Now, the New Orleans Saints have the slight edge on the offensive line standpoint because they're off the line is better than Temple Bay's offensive line. Temple Bay's offensive line should be improved with the addition of Tristan Roofs, but I still feel the New Orleans Saints offensive line is a tad bit better. So, other than that, other than the offensive line, These two teams are pretty much dead equal. I think that the secondary for Temple Bay, let me start off with Temple Bay's defense. Their secondary is going to surprise a lot of people. Jamal Dean, Carlton Davis are going to end up being one of the best cornerback duos by the end of this NFL season. And you also got Antoine Winfield there at safety. You got linebackers Levante, David, and Devin White. You got a really good defense line. I mean, the Donkin Sue. you got JPP, which, by the way, if JPP would have played the in the NFL season last year, I think he would have had 15 sacks. You also got Shaq Barrett there. So, I mean, you got a lot of time on this defense. And in my opinion, this was a top 10 defense last year that Ten Bay had, but we didn't really get to see how good this defense was because Jameis Winston was turning the football over so much. He was always putting the defense in bad situations and the defense always had to be on the field more than they should. So I think this defense with Tom Brady being a quarterback is going to be a lot better because he's not going to turn the football over that much, which means that the defense is going to have to be on the field more than they have to. And when you look at Tom Brady, I mean, this is, Probably the most talented offense in the NFL right now. I know a lot of Saints fans always say that the Buccaneers are overrated and things like that, but let's just be honest. This is a stacked offense. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin are one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL. You got Raw Grantowski, Cameron Braid, OJ Howard at your tight end position. You got Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn. LaShawn McCoy as your halfbacks. Like, it doesn't get no better than this. I mean, Tom Brady has basically everything at his disposal to win the Super Bowl this year. But here's the thing. You're facing the New Orleans Saints team that just is as good as you on offense. I mean, you got Michael Thomas, who is debatably the best wide receiver in the NFL. And you got Manuel Sanders. And the addition of Emmanuel Sanders... Hasn't really been talked about all that much. But I know Emmanuel Sanders is like 30-something years old. He's like in the nearing of his career. But he still is a good number two option. And in all honesty, he was the 49ers best wide receiver last year. And Emmanuel Sanders has been that number two wide receiver despite his age that the New Orleans Saints have been looking for for the last couple of years, they've been looking for another good option to pair up with Michael Thomas on the opposite side of him. And you got that Amy Emmanuel Sanders. So, I mean, you also got Jared Cook as well. So, I mean, the New Orleans Saints have a lot of star power in their all right. You got Al Camara. So, I mean, you got a lot of firepower on the offensive side of football between both of these two teams. And the New Orleans Saints defense is not too shabby also. Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, who a lot of people, you know, when you... When you bring up Marcus Williams, all people bring up is that missed tackle against the Minnesota Vikings. But Marcus Williams is actually a pretty good player. You got Marcus Davenport, who I'm looking to see where he's at in his development. Is he gonna end up becoming that elite pass rusher that the New Orleans Saints um uh, when they gave us so much to trade up for him in a couple of years ago in that NFL draft? I have got what year it was. You also got Cameron Jordan, still one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. It is a lot of firepower in this game. And ultimately, this game is going to come down to who is able to make the big play when it matters the most, who's able to get that key stop on third down, who's able to get that key turnover, who's able to get that key stop in the red zone when instead of scoring a touchdown, you hold them to a field goal. Now, when you got Drew Brees and Tom Brady playing I'm not expecting neither one of these quarterbacks to turn the football over all that much. So I'm not expecting a lot of turnovers in this game. But what I am expecting is to see which defense is going to be able to come up on top. The defense, I know the name of the game is going to be the offense. Everybody's going to be interested in seeing Tom Brady and Drew Brees play against each other. But aside from that, aside from the media buildup around this game, the team that has the best defense in this game is going to be the team that wins. Because... I want to see who can get off the field on third down. Who can get stops in the red zone? Who can get that marquee sack? Who can get pressure on the quarterback? And that's going to be, you know, the biggest factors in determining who wins this game. Because this is the first matchup that these two teams are going to have this season because they played twice because they're in the same division. And also something that you got to keep up is that Tom Brady is running a new system. You know, with this short and offseason, and short training camp, all he's really been able to do is throw the football to the guys. Um, before training camp was beginning, like he was getting the whole team, you know, um, together. And they were throwing passes, trying to get the chemistry and timing down. And although, you know, he has been fairly well performed in training camp, it's a difference between playing against our own teammates in training camp and playing against, you know, a different team full speed week one. So how much of this offense is Tom Brady going to have picked up in this game? And is the chemistry. It's the time going to be there. You know, those are the questions that you have to ask yourself about the 10 Bay Buccaneers in this game. And for the New Orleans Saints, how much success are they going to have running the football? Because the 10 Bay Buccaneers were the best run defense in the NFL last year. They allowed way less than 100 yards rushing. So, I mean, if you're the New Orleans Saints... You got to face a pretty good run defense and a pretty good defensive line overall. And I think that this team is going to be really good against the pass. Like, I'm really high on Jamal Dean and Carlton Davis. I think both of those two guys want to break out this year. You also got Antoine Winfield, who I think is going to be a finalist for defensive rookie of the year. I think he can have a Durham James-like impact. So, I mean, this is a really tough game to choose who is going to win this game. Like, it is a lot of factors that goes into this game. And, I mean, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, we just got to take a moment to appreciate this. Because, like, we're not going to see this really often. I mean, some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, like Drew Brees and Rodgers and Tom Brady, we won't see them anymore like, the next couple of seasons. So, I mean, we need to take a moment and enjoy the greatness when we see both of these two teams face up this season. Because it is highly speculated that this could be Drew Brees last season. So I know before I get into my prediction, i tell you guys who's going to win this game. I just want to tell you guys to take a moment and appreciate this game. You know, get your family around, get some popcorn, get a couple of drinks around, order some pizza, order some wings, and just sit back and enjoy this game. Because this is a matchup that both these two teams play twice we most likely won't see both of these two quarterbacks face off against you don't really get to see two first ballot quarterbacks face off especially week one in the nfl season so the team that i'm taking to win this game i'm gonna to have to go with the new orleans saints and the reason why i gotta take the new orleans saints to win this game is just that Tim bay you know with the short off season you're bringing in Leonard Fournette, you're bringing in tom brady how much of the playbook is Tom Brady going to have down packed? How much chemistry is he's going to have with his wide receivers? Because I know a lot of Buccaneers fans and other the fans are going to say, "Oh, Tom Brady has been practicing with his wide receivers off the field as well, and that's good and all." But you know, there's a difference between the chemistry that you have, you know, when you're throwing it to a wide receiver off the field and during practice, and actually in the game. It's a different dynamic when you're throwing it to the when you're throwing it to your wide receivers, and practice. And at full speed in the game. So, I mean, you got to have in-game chemistry as well. And will Tom Brady have that down pack? I don't really know. So I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints to win this game. I think this could be a high-scoring game. I think that the Saints win this game 35-31. to And that's going to be my final prediction. Because I think the New Orleans Saints defense is going to be able to get a key stop when it matters the most. And the fact that Tom Brady doesn't really have that timing down and chemistry with his wide receivers like that, as of right now, week one, I think it could be some plays or some overthrows that we see Tom Brady, you know, kind of misfire due to not having that connection and chemistry down with his wide receivers. And I was spending a lot of missed time throws and a lot of, you know, throws that, retire, that require chemistry like the bad throws and things like that. So I think that New Orleans wins this game. I do think that this game should be pretty high scoring, but I want to take New Orleans to win this game. 35-31 to 31 is my final score prediction for this game. So this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Hope that you guys enjoyed. Make sure that you guys or listening to this on Apple and Spotify, that you guys go ahead and give this podcast a five-star review. Make sure that you guys share with your friends, family, acquaintances, your coworkers. Also, make sure to follow me on my social media platforms, my Instagram and my Twitter is both Sports underscore. And make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, JTSports on YouTube, if you haven't already. And thanks for watching or listening.